Good morning and welcome to Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, LeBron maybe got vaccinated? Maybe? Anthony Davis's shoulder is apparently bugging him, and Frank Vogel is not hearing it about any of the guy's injuries so long as they play. We start, though, with a story that should never have been this dumb uh, and and was always probably going to be this dumb because of all of the involved parties. So LeBron James uh, never said that he was going to get the COVID vaccine. A whole bunch of people, myself included, said that if you aren't going to say you're going to get it, that feels like tacit acknowledgement that you aren't going to get it. Uh, and then he attends that event that broke NBA protocols. If he wasn't vaccinated, the league said that it uh, potentially broke protocols, but apparently spoke to the involved parties and decided that it didn't and that uh, it fell in line with some of the events other players over the course of the year were attending once they worked with the league on them. It, the whole thing was super confusing and of course, because it's LeBron, because it's the COVID nineteen vaccine, uh, because everybody has to take on has to have a take on this, it got really out of hand. I still contend that if he just comes out and says, "Yeah, uh, I did what is best for me and my family, and I got the vaccine," that all of this is avoided. Uh, but we've seen him kind of slip up on a couple topics so far over the last year, year and a half, uh, whether it was China before and then now with this. At the end of the day, look, it's his business. Uh, if he wants to come out and help vaccination efforts and say that he got it and everybody else should too, great. I think there's there's value in that. I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't do it. If he doesn't want to do it, though, it's his prerogative. He's going to go about his business. So long as everybody is is vaccinated and safe, that at the end of the day is all that should have mattered. The day after losses, and especially playoff losses, tend to be a little testy when answers or when questions get asked and coaches and players have to kind of respond for either the effort they gave or the game plan that they put together the, the, the game before. Monday was no different, <laughs> and let's go ahead and start with uh, this from Frank Vogel. Quote, I'm hesitant to really dive into everything that drives my decision-making on that, that being big versus small lineups, uh, because I don't want to tip my hand with what lineups we're going to play tomorrow night. There are times where our size makes sense on both sides of the ball, and then there are times where being more agile and mobile uh, defensively and having more space offensively makes sense. But statistically, 80 at the five last night definitely wasn't as good as it was against Golden State. And I'd argue with what metrics you're uh, looking at in saying it was our best lineup in game one, it being the the small lineup with 80 at the five. Uh, statistics kind of back that up. Our buddy Pete tweeted uh, in, in uh, quote tweeting, Harrison sending out that quote, uh, the Lakers were outscored 26 to 17 in 12 minutes and 44 seconds with 80 at the five yesterday. It was 73-73 when anyone else was at the five. And look, there's a lot to get into here. First and foremost, being Anthony Davis was bad, like really, really bad. And in those lineups, 
that had only Anthony Davis out there at the five because of how passive or soft, whichever term you want to use here, because of how passively he was playing on both sides of the ball, he was getting out physicaled on the defensive end, which was leading to extra chances, which was leading to Phoenix kind of taking care of business. And then on the offensive end, because of how passively Anthony Davis was playing, it meant that a lot of the things that the Lakers were running during that time was dedicated to getting center Anthony Davis as many good looks, either going to the basket or whatever as they could, and he was just not either finishing the look or even executing the, 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 the play with any kind of energy that would allow him to take advantage of those things that make him a special center. Uh, this is when this has been what anybody with any reputation has been saying all day today. Yesterday wasn't about Andre Drummond. Yesterday wasn't about Montrez Harrell. It wasn't about Marcus Hall not playing. It was about Anthony Davis not being good, like not even being mediocre, not playing to his typical level. No, he was bad, like outright bad. He got outplayed by DeAndre Ayton and it didn't matter. It will never matter who is alongside him. If that's how he plays. Frank Vogel was also asked about LeBron James and his shoulder and his ankle and everything else uh, about LeBron James's health. And once again, it was, it was a, especially by his standards, it was a testy Frank Vogel yesterday. Quote, I'm moving forward as if he's a healthy player. I understand there's going to be a player or two throughout the game where he doesn't move on it very well. And that just comes with a guy playing through injury. In an ideal situation, he has another few weeks to fully put it behind him, but he's moving pretty well in most situations. I approach the game like he's a healthy player and just understand that there are going to be a handful of plays where it looks like it limits him. He's talking it being the ankle injury. And, and look, that's that's frankly what we have to do here, both with LeBron James's ankle and with Anthony Davis's entire body, uh, whether it's his calf. Now, apparently his shoulder is bothering him. Uh, both these guys are, are kind of banged up. And we just kind of have to factor that into the math. However, that doesn't mean that the Lakers need them any less. That's the bummer here is that the Lakers still need those guys to be their elite selves. And the, the major question here facing the Lakers and facing both of these guys is, can they get up to that typical elite level? If not, it's going to be a short series. It's going to be a short postseason. If so, then the Lakers have a fighting chance here uh, moving forward. The highlight of Frank Vogel's availability, though, came when uh, he was getting up from the Zoom chair uh, and was is was handing over the appearance to Andre Drummond, forgot to turn off the mic, or they forgot to turn off the mic, and you could hear Frank Vogel tell Andre Drummond, good luck. <laughs> and, and look, I just thought that was a perfect kind of amalgamation of the entire day of the entire last 24 hours or so since the Lakers lost game one to Phoenix, where all of these guys, they know that they crapped the bed in that game. They know that there are going to be some adjustments uh, necessary in figuring out this Phoenix Suns team. That is, by the way, I hope you guys realize this now, a pretty damn good team. Uh, they also know that those adjustments are going to come with some awkward questions for a lot of guys who either have organizational promises made, who have 
expectations heading into their roles if there aren't outright promises uh, for them. Whatever the case may be, a whole bunch of guys here have a whole bunch of, of sacrificing that they might need to do, and their willingness to do it kind of sort of defines them as Lakers. Because at the end of the day, your superstars are going to eat. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're going to eat. Kobe, Shaq, they ate. Magic, Kareem, they ate. It was on the role players around those guys to make themselves the best versions of themselves so that Magic and Kareem, Shaq and Kobe, and now LeBron and Anthony Davis can be the best versions of themselves. Because the Lakers and all NBA teams ever that had any kind of superstar talent at the top, which means every champion ever, all of those teams, this Lakers team included, requires those superstars to be operating at their highest levels. That's why it's so frustrating that Marcus Saul hasn't gotten a look here because of the centers that have played next to Anthony Davis, Marcus Saul is far and away the best in terms of fit and in terms of stats. And where you're left here standing is what does that mean for Andre Drummond? We know that there was probably some promises made to this guy. And are they willing to, in the first round, rub him the wrong way with those promises? Uh, what, are the, what, is, what do they do with Montrez Harrell, who has those clutch ties? Is, is uh, Frank Vogel going to be willing? And is he able to flat out tell somebody like Harrell, hey, man, I don't, I don't think this is going to be the series for you. Or if you, this is going to be the series for you, you're going to have to rely on on bigger explosive moments in those in those times where DeAndre Ayton is off the court and you're next to LeBron James and he's at the four and you're at the five. Like whatever the case might be, all of these guys are going to have to start sacrificing. And I think the testy nature of the answers that were given in this one feels like kind of acknowledging that that fact. That's how this is going to go. And this is only round one. The The next opponent might not be as good a team as Phoenix because they're going to be a lower seed. Uh, Denver, if it is Denver, is banged up. They aren't going to have their second best player in Jamal Murray. Portland has been banged up all year and isn't a particularly great matchup for this Lakers team. But after that, you're going to be facing either Utah or the Clippers then after that, you might be facing the Bucks, who are in the middle of beating the crap out of the Miami Heat right now. Or you're going to be facing the Nets, who, it, just in terms of raw star talent, is about as daunting a team as we've seen in, in, in a little while. So yeah, this is, this is kind of gut check time here for the Lakers. And Game 2, which is going to take place tonight, is going to be where we find out the direction that they might be heading in. Until then... And until after then, when I re react to it, I'm Anthony Ewan saying have a good one. Quick note also, make sure you guys are checking out all of the shows across the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed, including uh, a show that aired yesterday. In a, it's a fun conversation between Nikias Duncan and myself. We break down the series. We broke down game one and look ahead to the rest of the series as well, as well as we got his uh, most embarrassing sports moment, which... It's a fun one. It's a, it's a, we, we get a nice chuckle out of it. 